0: I remember early on, I mean, I started in like 2008 and people were blogging two, three times a week. And I remember hearing conversations where i would be like, man, I like commented on their blog and they never like commented back. And then people were getting really sort of like self-conscious about who was commenting here and how many comments they got on a post. And I sort of found it to be really sad. And this sort of keeping up with the Joneses and and finding your worth in how many comments you had or how many followers you had. And around that time, I was like, you know what, I don't even want to blog. I want to just find like good real relationships off social media. I want to use social media, but I'd rather still like have a great cup of coffee or have a beer with someone. And I just want to do really good work and put it out there consistently and see if that works.
1: We started this podcast series with the intention to give you a more personal and hopefully a bit deeper relation with the Way Up North 2015 speakers. Get to know them a little bit better, basically. Whether or not we've succeeded with that so far uh, is up to you to decide, of course. But personally, I think that Cole's talk this week with the uh, Visual Genius and uh, Pinterest mastermind James Mose does just that. He gave me a deeper understanding as to why he does what he does with his business, and after listening to the talk, I feel like I know James a little bit better. Hopefully you'll do the same in about 60 minutes from now. You're listening to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Jacob, and I am the editor of this interview series where my colleague Cole talks to the speakers coming to Way Up North in Stockholm this October. I'll keep this intro short and let you guys enjoy this week's episode with James Mose instead. From July 2015, over a pretty decent Skype connection between Vancouver, where Cole is at the moment, and uh, James' hometown of Seattle. Enjoy! So,
2: James Mose, how are you? I'm alright. Great! This has started out well. So, when we released the names of the uh, presenters for Way Up North... uh, you were you were like the surprise one for a lot of the European crowd, which is the majority of the people coming to Stockholm. Uh, not because you're like not well known, but maybe not as well known in, in Europe. And I'm curious, like you uh, with the work you do, which is awesome, and everything that like you do in you know, putting out your work online and things like that, it seems like you're pretty I don't know, quiet online is that by design
0: yeah um I sort of like have a, that's an interesting question I've sort of not wanted to play the game as much as I can but also play the game at the same time and so I'd um how do I how do I that's, can you ask a more pointed question?
2: <laughs> you seem like you, you're a busy guy and you, yeah. you, you do things like you you do an engagement session in Peru uh, at Manchu Picchu, something like that. If, if the average, I did the air quotes there, but if the average photographer did something that incredible, and we're just using this one specific example, mm-hmm. I mean, they would pimp that hard, probably, to get attention, to be the... photographer everyone wants to be like because you do such incredible exotic things but you seem like a little bit more modest about everything you do because when you look when i look at the work that you do it's on point every time but you don't share too much and overall like you're quiet online in your instagram feed for example is is pretty much like personal stuff of you and your family your facebook updates are seldom but when they are when you do put an update it's great so basically like your i I see your online personality is one that's a little bit more reserved and i'm and my pointed question is is that by design or do you just like not want to play the game as you said
0: yeah i mean i think there there's like two there's a few ways i could answer that question one is um i don't feel like one needs to share that much to get enough work for the year. If I only need 20 to 30 clients a year I don't need to be spending so much energy sharing a ton of work. I just need to be able to release a couple a few really good jobs a year and maintain good relationships with the photographers and planners um, and past clients and, I, and I'm, I've and i been taken care of every year. Um, so I think there's, there's an attraction to Really push myself and like um getting a lot of feedback and getting a lot of attention, but I don't know if it's, ne- I just don't feel like it's necessary. Um, it's putting a, it's, I, th- I feel like it's a time distraction away from just spending time with my family or pursuing other things.
2: So, like, you're, I think, how did you say it earlier? You're not interested in getting caught up in the game, yeah. So, so like, what do you think the game is like? Do you, do you, I mean, <laughs> we're getting right into it, by the way. We skipped all the. Uh...
0: Well, I'm, I remember early on, um, back in like, I mean, I started in like 2008, and people were blogging two, three times a week. And I remember hearing conversations where i would be like, "Man, I like commented on their blog, and they never like commented back." And then people were getting really sort of like self-conscious about. Um, who was commenting here, and how many comments they got on a post? And I sort of f- found it um, to be really sad, um, and this sort of keeping up with the Joneses and, and finding your worth in how many comments you had or how many followers you had. Um, and around that time, I was like, you know what? I don't even want to blog. I I want to just find like good real relationships, like off off social media. I want to use social media, but I'd rather still like have a great cup of coffee or a great beer, have a beer with someone. Um, and I just want to do really good work and put it out there consistently and see if that works. Um, but there just seemed to be both like this, this sense of worth based on how many comments or how many followers you had. And also sort of a culture of, of leaders and followers where, um, These people, this group, this group of people were the the big names and everybody else sort of wanted to be able to touch the corner of their cloak and find their magic. And, and I found it to be sort of just, uh, I just had like a knee jerk reaction to it. And I was sort of like, you know, I just want to build some genuine relationships. I want to do some genuine work. Um, and I want to see if that is enough.
2: That's interesting. And how many followers do you have on Pinterest? Like 1.2 million so like where okay so i I brought that up because there's like a bit of a dichotomy there you might say like one you you aren't interested in having people touch your cloak for example so like the the social media game with um with your photography work is less important but then again like on the personal side of things if you have that many followers on pinterest like are you pretty active there and are you like trying to build a little bit of a a brand following outside of your photography? Because Pinterest is mostly your interests and your tastes.
0: Yeah. I mean, with Pinterest, I mean, it was, um, it, that really happened organically. It's something that I'm really interested in interiors, design, fashion, um, curating in general. And so, I mean, I became a featured user, a ton of followers happened over a year. Um, but it wasn't something that I was like just hash, I was using like 30 hashtags to gain followers on Pinterest. So it wasn't something that I was necessarily pursuing. And it's not something I still even kind of pursue to like, I need to feed my followers. It's something more that I feel what's important about the followers on Pinterest is that it affirms that I do have good taste and I'm not just delusional. <laughs> or maybe I'm still delusional and, <laughs> and all those people are as well. Um, <laughs> Or maybe they're all bots, but you know, uh, (laughs) but no, I mean, I think it's maybe another way of putting it, like I haven't even read the book tribes, but, um, I think Seth Godin tribes, I think that's a book. Um, but there's something of like, you know, you need like a thousand people who really care about you and are following you to make, to make your business work. Or to to make a difference. I believe.
2: Yeah, and was it was that the number? Yeah, he says it was a thousand followers. And and the best quote that I plucked from that book is relationships only matter when they're real. And uh, it sounds to me like that's like that's your philosophy in a nutshell. Would you say? Yeah, that's what I'd say.
0: So I, I often say it's like all I need is like a cute following. You know,
2: I, I don't need
0: a ravenous
2: major. Yeah, I think that's all I can sort of handle. So that, that's that's kind of cool. Like, what do you what do you mean a cute following? Like a cute following in what way? Oh,
0: as in like, uh, it's a acute. It's like a smaller number. So a thousand would be amazing, but if I had two hundred and fifty, maybe that would make it work. But even a thousand is fine. And it's like I have what four thousand followers on Instagram, but if I have re- relationships with a lot of them, that will feel good.
2: Well, this this approach that you have, like when I'm hearing it, it makes complete sense, but it also feels like it maybe caters towards having more of a local focus with your business. Do you, do you differentiate, like I want to be the local guy or I want to do destination weddings or like, do you have kind of like a, a target geographic area with your business?
0: No, I mean, I think like last year I did like two jobs in Seattle and maybe a few jobs in British Columbia. So it's like 95% travel. This year, it's probably like 70% travel. Um, I think pretty early on as well, I didn't look at um, geography so much as uh, one could say like psychographics. And so it's more of a a lifestyle and values um, market that I looked at rather than a geographic one. So essentially my goal early on was I want to shoot in interesting places, places for interesting people and interesting people for me would be people with an artistic bent. So that'd be other photographers, graphic designers, art directors, uh, people in the fashion industry, architects. Um, and so that's sort of the, the crowd I was looking for. And then within that, I would say what, what is essential for a lot of those people, especially those non-wedding photographer creatives, is that my photography doesn't feel like wedding photography. And so I had an article in like a L.A. art blog where they, where they posted a wedding I shot in Palm Springs and they called it anti-wedding wedding photography. And so it wasn't photography that was super sentimental. Um, and they... And that sort of like resonated with me. Whereas I, the biggest thing for my photography is that it's not cheesy, but it still has emotion. And so that's what a lot of people within the art scene, they look at a lot of wedding photographer sites and it would feel really sort of over the top or sentimental. And so for me, what I wanted to do on my site is have it be fairly quiet, relaxed. and allow allow people to breathe when they saw it. Um, and I feel like also posting less would sort of flow with that vibe. But if, if I posted a ton and I wrote a ton, um, it'd be harder to be in that same uh, in that
2: same vibe. Yeah, that makes it makes a lot of sense for you. And it and it sounds very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, it just rolls off your tongue in a very easy way. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, post less, and you'll get. You know, more specific clients that you want, which sounds like it's working great for you.
0: Yeah, it's it's working. You know, and but I I think it's kind of like for me, looking at commercial photographers is an interesting one. And that was also right away early on, was, um, where a lot of wedding photographers were blogging a ton, and really earnest and trying to get feedback. Um, I would look at a commercial photographer whose site would be updated once or twice a year. And then they would have, like, a Tumblr blog of behind-the-scenes photos that were kind of embarrassing half the time. But it gave, the, gave an insight into who they were. Um, and so I was like, well, what if I went that route and kind of approached it in that sort of way? Um, another sort of way of looking at even commercial photographers, it's not uncommon for me to look at a commercial photographer's website and go, like, wow, that's still stuck in, like, 20, uh, like 2001 or 2002, like, the certain, like, web font the pictures, pictures are still pretty small, and I was like, "But I see that you're keeping really busy." And I want I follow you on Instagram, and you're shooting big shoots in France and Italy, etc. And I quickly realized, like, for them, they have their connections. They have their their art director from an ad agency in France, in Italy, in Spain, in New York, and as long as they keep good relationships with those art directors, they will continue to get return work. And what's sort of the equivalent within the wedding photography market? The equivalent would be like um, some planners that you really like, planners or designers you really like to work with, some photographer peers who can pass on really good work to you and you can pass on good work to them. And is there much more that is, is needed? Um, you can keep like throwing out into the into the SEO pool or in, into the Google um adwords and get a ton more inquiries which is just more inquiries that you need to deal with the the danger of my game is that i'm only going to get less inquiries i can't count on getting 10 the next day and the next day and so when there's a connection i need to sort of pray that they have the budget to work with me
2: what is your like what is your view on competition because i mean there are going to be other photographers with similar philosophies who are going to try and you know build deeper relationships with the context that you have now and and if you're sort of somewhat reliant on um getting those referrals from the connections you have like how do you view competition or do you view competition
0: yeah i uh i don't really view competition too much i mean i think i kind of have a good idea of who sort of my peers are and who people have similar vibe in it. I, I kind of see them as friends. There, there's only so many weekends a year. I only need so many jobs. Um, I, I try not to get too anxious about it. Okay. How do you view competition, Cole? <laughs>
2: I don't. I have the blinders on all the time. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's back it up a bit. Like you, you clearly like have looked at other artistic realms, like commercial photographers, and and you mentioned a few other things. So, what's your background? It doesn't sound like you came into wedding photography from a marketing position or or something like that, for example. So, what's your what's your background?
0: Yeah, I studied fine art in college, um, but I was not not necessarily an amazing fine artist, as in like an illustrator or painter. Although that's what I did a lot of, um, I, st- I, st- I started taking art classes in my first year. Didn't realize um, it wasn't just graphic design, but I found it to be very, um, very healing for me to just to sit and draw or sit and paint. And so I switched it to my major in my third year. And uh, yeah, I really like the ability to explore questions um, in a non-linear,
2: more artistic way. Okay, so doing artistic things was healing for you what what needed to be healed
0: uh i think it's more like what still needs to be healed i don't know i think it was just i had a lot of i have a lot of questions in general i had a lot of questions growing up um and so i can be a bit of a restless soul um so i think if
2: anything art just allows me to be more present with myself and with others and what what kind of things are you questioning you're you sound like a deep dude like a, like a philosophical guy so I'm not going to try and go on an intellectual level with you here because it sounds like you've thought about a lot of stuff but what kind of things are you thinking and what kind of questions did you need to have answered
0: no I mean I that's a it's a really hard one to to get into with I don't know how particular I want to get versus how how general but essentially I mean I grew up in a in a re- very religious upbringing um in a in a in a culture that was a lot more black and white when I saw things in in gray, let alone rainbow. Um, And so I had a lot of questions just about, in general, like, what does life mean? Um, What is the meaning of life? Uh, But at that point, it was probably more in reaction to my um, more fundamentalist Christian upbringing.
2: Okay, so these questions, I mean, we don't need to get specific, like, what is the meaning of life? But, like, these these questions that you had, do you feel like... uh... You kind of grew out of it a little bit with the art, arts that you involved yourself in, or, or are you still a deep thinking guy like that today? I find it's, a, it's one of those strange
0: ones strange things to answer is like, I'm a deep thinker. like, <laughs> like, like that, that, the, the person beside me on the airplane, like they don't have very many deep thoughts, but I got some deep thoughts. <laughs> um, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, I mean I, I still I still am very much bent that way.
2: Fair enough. So have your have your questions and interests like expanded to other areas outside of, you know, religion and things like that as you gotten a little bit older? Mostly into like having two kids. Um,
0: how to how to deal how to deal with strong willed children, um, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's it's how to deal with myself in, in the five year old version of myself now. So that, that's where my attention is.
2: OK, I see. So how old are your kids now? Uh, Moses is five, and then Dorothy is two. And your is your wife also uh, Canadian?
0: Uh, she's American.
2: And you have a few passports. Yep. What are they?
0: So Dutch, American, and Canadian. So uh, my father was Dutch, my mother was American. I was born in
2: Canada. So if you were backpacking around Bolivia or wherever, and somebody said like, or somebody asked you where do, where are you from, what would you say? And I'm thinking about, like, a cultural answer. Like, do you feel like you're more culturally X, Y, or Z? I mean, I would say I'm, I'm from the States. I would
0: say I'm from Seattle. And then if we got into a, a longer conversation, I would I would start spewing
2: Canadianisms. Okay, so culturally, do you feel like you're more Canadian or more American or more Dutch? <laughs> well,
0: so, yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm more Canadian. But I think that I wear a bit of each in different scenes. So I think, uh, I, I feel like I'm more, I think because of that, I see myself more as a global citizen, less, I I less have like a national identity, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I I don't, I don't really um, buy into nationalism too much. You're a human of the world. (laughs) So back to your studies, um, when you were getting into painting and illustrating the other things that you did with your education, um, were there things that you felt like you were stronger at than others? Did, like, did you like do an illustration course, for example, and you were like a little light bulb went on in your head and you thought, okay, maybe I can take illustration, and make that my career. Like, did you have things outside of photography that, you know, stuck out as, as strengths as yours?
0: I mean, I was doing graphic design at the time a lot. So I, wor- I worked at school newspaper. So that was, was something I'd say is my strength, but within sort of even painting or um, illustrating it was sort of composition is something that I really felt was my strength, which also kind of made sense as a photographer, was probably one of the first things that resonated with me in taking pictures was composition. Okay. Because I didn't see myself, like, to be honest, I saw myself somewhere in the, in the graphic design, photography,
2: um, commercial arts realm already in college. When you were doing the college course, I'm, I'm curious about this because I think that like your education clearly like kind of helps shape your path a little bit later on and within education, at least the education that I know of, like you're, you're taught how to think in a way as opposed to like the practical, this is how you paint. So do you feel like your like attraction to a, an artistic client came from developing a, a theoretical way of thinking? Like do you, do you know? Do you know what I mean? Um, because, like, in, a, in an art school, I, I'd imagine that you 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 learn the basics. This is how you do it. But you also learn this is how it's been done in the past through like the history of various art forms. And then you have to apply that onto yourself. And so you have a kind of a theoretical backing of critiquing yourself. So like, the way that you approach art might be different than a guy like who's learned on his feet, for example. Uh, so your theoretical kind of like education do you apply that now and do you think that's why you get the clients that you do yes Um,
0: (laughs) I'd say there's probably like two reasons why the the clients would kind of work so one in in the sort of theoretical way um, I would say my pictures are pretty rational so they're not just sort of just from just like an emotional image there's there's a real rationality to them when and that is in sort of I think the composition and sort of the poses um, where where I feel like the art world does not want sentiment too much, and I'd say I kind of resonate with that. But also, I think working with creative creative, more artistically bent clients is that I speak their language. I think a lot of times what the, if we want to connect with our clients, which is super important as wedding photographers, if we're going to be the person beside them on their most important day, it's good if we're able to kind of speak their language. And if we have similar interests, that's going to make it that much easier.
2: Okay. So you answered the question well, and it was a shitty question. It wasn't worded very <laughs> well. It wasn't worded very well, but it, I'm glad that you kind of like interpreted it that way. Cause that was, that was what I was curious about. Like, like with a theoretical point, like your background now clearly resonates with the people who are hiring you and you can speak their language, but with your work, like, like Jakob and I, have followed your work for a long time and we really, really like what you do obviously. And we're not artistic guys. Like, and what I mean by that is like, we're, we're not uh, commercial photographers. We're not like going to be able to have a theoretical discussion with you about the history of art. So like my point here is like, if you get hired by these people who are like, not the creatives, not the ideal clients, which is bound to happen from time to time. Like, do you kind of like chameleon your way into working with different personalities, but still get the same outcome?
0: Yeah, uh, the expectations um, often shift throughout the day, though, (laughs) and actually probably shift even before the wedding happens. So, I mean, I I kind of know, looking at a wedding year, um, which weddings and which clients I'm going to be able to play the most with or um, have the most visual interest to work with. Um, And so when it's a, a client that is less so... Um, I often feel like there's a grieving process throughout the day where I'm, I'm having to say like, well, yeah,
2: it's not going to happen. Grieving, a grieving process. <laughs> That's very deep. <laughs> so like you're, you're like with your personality, uh, if I'm to like, just go like mega um, conclusion here, which may or may not be right. Like your personality seems like it could adapt to a lot of different s- scenarios. Like you, you seem like a kind of guy who could sit down and have a, a deep or a not so deep conversation with, with pretty much anybody. So do you feel like that is something that like a lot of people know about when they find you online? Like do you do you have a, a place where you, you display that well rounded personality kind of?
0: I wish I did. I, I don't think I do. I think it's uh, for better or worse, and I think this is kinda of what you were saying, it's like not many people know about me as much as some other um, of the speakers for your conference is that I can be a bit of a mystery online um, to a fault.
2: Well, you can look at it as a fault or you can look at it as a humongous asset, I think, because
0: yeah, I'm just saying there, there's two sides of the coin. And so on so one hand, I, I'm a, i am can seem a bit aloof, but can, but what people see is my work and a certain angle and they resonate with that. Um, but there's a lot of questions that could be begging as to who I am, and so.
2: Wow, you're it. the man of mystery, James. <laughs> but this seems interesting to me because it's like I don't know if you think that strategically about your own business. Do do you do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I think
2: very strategically. Um, I just act very little. Ah, well, maybe that's part of the strategy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey Moses, can you go? Can you go to mom? Can you close the door too?
2: Moses Jacob gets to edit. Jacob can cut all this out. So to go back to that point, like yeah you know, like you're you're a clever guy, and strategy definitely maybe you don't think strategically, like you drop a business plan or a marketing plan or whatever, but this elusive guy online that is that part of the strategy in itself, do you think? Uh no it's more of a byproduct, i'm gonna say. I think what
0: it is is what i wanna put out there are things I'm certain of what i what I, what I wanna put out there are um is my work that I'm hundred percent proud of and words that I can hundred percent get behind and I think that kind of goes into sort of my um i'm st- I still feel young and figuring myself out, and so for me, just to put myself out there. I'm, I'm less prone to just sort of putting out raw um, raw impressions of who I am
2: do you ever feel like you have like a paralysis by analysis like do you ever do you, do you do more work um, that maybe people think you do and you you kind of go into a, maybe a little bit of a shell because you're over analyzing what you're doing oh definitely so what do you do to like what do you do to kind of like break out of that from time to time and, and unleash the little nuggets of work that you do that are so spectacular like like it sounds like you're a super tough critic on yourself
0: yeah i don't know i have a few moments of grace a year <laughs> where i'm able <laughs> to release stuff um there's a there's a few things with that i mean one is that that's an ongoing journey for me um for me to be more um in the way that i can be very curious and compassionate towards others that that is something that is a a habit that I've had to um, cultivate for myself towards myself. But the other side of it is, I think the longer I've shot weddings, the less the less it's been about how do I share with everybody, but how do I share how do I share with my clients? And so I'm sharing work all the time with those who are supposed to get it. Um, you know, and so in the same way of like, do I, am I, am I getting my sense of worth off all the followers and all the retweets uh, or the Instagram comments, or am I getting my worth off the mother and the father of the bride giving me a big hug or dancing with me on the dance floor or, um, really connecting with this, this couple and being able to deliver images where they feel really loved and special. I think like that is that's the only way this business can be soul sustainable is that is if you can find worth in the actual practice of shooting and connecting and delivering to clients. The other part, the marketing part can be such a huge focus and I think was a game I was very aware of even if I played it very lightly. Was a game I was hyper aware of, but it's not going to bring personal fulfillment to my everyday. I think another way of even putting it, and it's not, this is not an either or, but I remember photographing a wedding in Hawaii and my, my assistant, we were were sitting, we were sitting on like a a ranch uh, deck at the end of the wedding. And we were going to take a bus back to the the resort with the, with the, with the rest of the wedding guests. And there was different guests who were, who were coming up to me uh, and just thanking me for, um, for a great day and for making a, Making the photographs a great experience, etc. And she was like James, like this is what it's about. Like, I I have like amazing artistic wedding photos, but like our photographer was a total douche to us and didn't treat us well and and made made me feel bad for like asking for some group photos. Um, and so when I look at those photos, that is what I. That is what I return to that experience of having a sort of disappointing experience with a photographer. Um, even though the pictures are, are super artistic, that is what I feel. And it's not an either or, and you you can give a great experience, um, and be prolific online with your marketing and sharing. Uh, but for me like that was something where, how do I keep, how do I cultivate that as my priority? Um, And so that's kind of been a big thing for me. At the same time, I want to be able to cultivate sharing (laughs) in a a more generous way and being less critical with myself. Um, But that's sort of
2: where that comes from. This is profound, man. Like, it's really cool to hear that because uh, not many, from what I gather, not many people that I follow think that way.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious how many people you follow um, are going to be able to continue shooting weddings or going to like after they kind of hit, after they kind of hit their their plateau of of followership or comments, will they look for a new
2: exit strategy for something that satisfies? Um, so with the exit strategy point that you just brought up, what are you doing right now with your career and things like that?
0: Yeah, I'm photographing uh, probably like sixty percent of the weddings I shot last year, and then I have a marketing director job at a, a local ice cream company in Seattle.
2: So can you elaborate on that? And what what I'm particularly interested in is like there are only so many hours in a day and you have two kids, which is a a lot of work because they're both fairly young. And you have a photography business, which is clipping along very well. And you have a million followers on Pinterest that you need to appease to. So how do you incorporate like a marketing director position, which you you now have into the foray and how did that come about and why are you doing it?
0: Yeah, just, like, ask me 10 questions at once. Why don't you, Cole? Just pluck out, pluck out yeah, yeah. which one you want. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean it came about, like, I, um, the owner of the ice cream company, Molly Moon's, um, so Molly Moon herself, I photographed her elopement at, like, Treehouse Point outside of Seattle, like, three, four years ago. Um, so I kind of built a relationship with her already then. And I was photographing, you know, just d- different little marketing shoots for her over the past couple years, or, like, a a video of how to make an ice cream pie. Um, but there came a point where I was like, you know what? You're a really smart businesswoman and I would love for you to be my business mentor. Are you interested in that? She's like, well, actually, I could really benefit from your creative advice. So why don't we just meet and we just swap. We we One week, you ask me questions. The next week, I ask you questions. And then I started doing more photography for her but i realized I'd, I'd, i was more interested in the concepting part of the photography than just sort of executing her vision and so i was like is there a room for some sort of creative consultant position and so i did that last summer just for like 20 hours a month and at the same time my kids are getting older and i'm, I'm traveling a lot and i kind of came to the point where it's like the novelty of traveling by myself was getting harder um and there was a, there was a time last last September where uh, my my return flight from San Francisco was uh, was delayed and I had to stay one more night in San francisco and my son Moses was had been excited to to see me see me in the morning but uh, before he went to school but my wife had to tell him that you're not going to see daddy till later and he was like something's wrong I feel like feel like somebody just like punched me in the heart and it was uh it was pretty profound to hear that and to see how um my absence was affecting him and um and so between that family effect and then um, realizing that I don't need to travel by myself as much anymore Uh, I wasn't cultivating local friendships as much as I wanted to um, and having the time to go on family weekend ex- uh, weekend uh, adventures. I was like, how could I do something different in 2015 where I'm home a little more often? And so I was like, well, I could try to try go for like a local photography market, but I'm like, Seattle's super saturated, and I'm going to be costing 20 30% more than the average Seattle photographer, who's pretty great. So that's sort of like a path that seems crazy because i'd probably have to shoot twice as much to get the same amount of income so i was like well maybe there's something with with the ice cream shop and and to flex a different muscle and to see you have to collaborate with more people and maybe that will be something that is uh fulfilling
2: oh it sounds so effortless when you describe it like that like just a natural path that you kind of fell upon you know it's
0: it's life is an odd thing you know and i really do feel like i've just been taken care of for like the last five years and that like the right things have happened at the right time <laughs> and there there's been a lot of thought and strategy into it and there's been a lot of relationship building into it um you know i, I don't i feel like there's in some ways uh ed Pierce was very similar in his talking i feel like there's a lot of strategy and relationship building but it also sort of seemed effortless
2: <laughs> that's that's great like i think people can like they should listen to you what you if anyone listens to this podcast should listen to what you're saying and and take note because i think there is a lot of efforts and we're guilty of that with nordica as well like there's too much effort sometimes in what your online persona is perceived as and how to get found and get attention online versus like the real relationship because it's like this position that you have right now it came about because of your work and because of a real relationship not because you you know you were looking at workopolis or some job posting
0: Totally. And I think there's just,
2: there's so many opportunities
0: with like everybody who's around you. Like we're so blessed with the connections we make with our clients and with our peers. I mean, if you look at, um, like one of my favorite wedding photographers of the past decade, it'd be like Justin Demers, um, who ended up starting still motion video, but like they ended up, um, they were shooting, was it first photos or video They shot somebody who is connected to the NFL network. And within two years, they were doing a feature film for ESPN on the NFL. You know, and they are right, if, but it was it was purely a connection from the job and building a real relationship um, and just being open to, um, to taking another step somewhere.
2: When you, <clears throat> when you kickstarted your, career in wedding photography, which was 2008, I think you said, were you like, did you have any kind of like one, two, three, four, five year plan in mind? Or did you approach it? Like, I'm just going to think about the art of it and see what happens. Because hearing you speak now, it sounds like maybe your focus could have been like, I want to foster real relationships from the get go. So did you have like a particular path you wanted to follow when you started in 2008? I mean, I think the first year was sort of just like hustle. That that's
0: pretty exhausting. But the second year, I had I did have a, a five year plan, and I had realistic goals, audacious goals, and that was the amount of clients, with finances, where I want to travel,
2: who I want to shoot.
0: Um, I was, I mean, I had a real business plan. If you're looking, wondering about that.
2: Well, okay. Well, let's just go a little bit deeper into that. Uh, like the hustle thing, I'm interested in because there there might be people listening to this right now and they're hustling, or they think that they're, they're hustling. And the other people who I've had this similar conversation with on the podcast, I mean, they've had their own versions of the hustle, so what was what was your version of the hustle? What were you doing in the first year to hustle?
0: No, so, I mean, my first year was tough. It was, um, but it, yeah, how do I even? It's hard going back to the hustle, man. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a, a big first one was building relationships with peers. And so, um, my first seven months was in, was in Vancouver and I tried to connect with like-minded wedding photographers, although I found very few at that time. I know a few more in Vancouver now, but it was sort of a beginner or sort of this like uh, luxury luxury market back in 2008. But when I moved to Seattle in September, 2008, I right away connected with like-minded photographers. Um, and I didn't expect anything from, I didn't ask that they need to share work. I just want to build genuine relationships so that, you know, I could be an encouragement to them. They could be an encouragement to me. And so, like, that would have been, um, like, Sean Flanagan, Jenny Jimenez, uh, Ben Blood. There was was a number of photographers that I connected with, uh, Sarah Rhodes, um, so that I wanted to learn from them and build relationships with them, and I believe that would be sort of my best way to get my name
2: and work out there. Do you feel like it was a big advantage coming from the arts education that you had to just kind of like jump in the mix, so to speak, with those very talented and established wedding photographers? Because it sounds like at that time you're a new kid on the block and not a, big wedding portfolio I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't assume so like how do you how did you get in with those types
0: yeah I think I had a few weddings that were decent already and so I already had a fairly decently curated or designed portfolio um and then I don't know I think I like usually people don't respond if you seem really needy um so I think like if I'm to get an email that's like hey how can I just like buy you coffee and just pick your brain for an hour that's not, like, the most enticing way of connecting with someone. So I think just, like, connecting with people as real people. And I didn't even talk necessarily about photography a lot. It was more just to connect as people. And I think that people really actually like that. <laughs> um, I think I think the other part of the hustle really was getting work uh, featured on online blogs Ready at that point. And so I had two or three in my first couple of years. And I think that was
2: huge for me to get work outside of Seattle. So... Don't want to jump around too much now, but I'm going to anyway. Um, So like now, uh, a few years later in the game, do you look at things like a a wedding blog as like a necessary evil, a part of the process? Or do do you kind of enjoy the things that are related to the wedding industry? Because from what I'm just kind of like concluding here, it looks like you or sounds like you look outside of the wedding industry quite a bit. But do you still sort of involve yourself every now and again just to kind of have a moderate pulse with things like wedding blogs?
0: Yeah, I, want, I mean, I want to have my best work featured in the best places it can be featured, and so I will leverage my work on a wedding blog a few times here. But it's but it's not like I visit wedding blogs to look at other people's work. Are you saying that way? That, I mean,
2: yeah. Well, I guess what I'm kind of like going towards a little bit here is like. I'm on quite a few wedding photography forums. I don't know why sometimes I am. So I feel like I'm on quite a few, but you're not on any. And I love that. (laughs) Like you're, you're, that goes back to the elusive thing. So I guess to try to be a little bit more direct with the question is like, what's your level of care with what happens in the wedding photography industry? Because it doesn't seem like you're a guy who's trying to like change the world and revolutionize what's happening in wedding photography. So like, What's your level? Tell of- me,
0: tell me what's happening in the forums. That's changing and revolutionizing
2: uh, wedding photography. That's that's what I'm going for. That's perfect. So like, <laughs> so what's your like level of care with being involved? With
0: I, that? I, I I I love the wedding industry. Like I have a lot of friends. Like there was a, I mean I, I I, was at photo field trip in California the last two years, and after this last one in March, I remember just kind of like I think I was might have even just been in an airplane. I started just writing down all the people um, that I've been able to connect with because I've been a wedding photographer. And that's both like other wedding photographers to designers and florists to clients. And it was just, I was blown away by how many amazing people there are within this industry and that have had a real effect on me and I've been able to have an effect on them. So I I really care. Um, But I just don't, I just have never been a forum guy, and the other part about it is, is that like photography is not exactly rocket rocket science. Like cameras aren't that complicated. Like it's a tool that you need to learn how to work with light, and that you need to learn how to connect with people. Um, and then I think beyond that, it's like you need to learn to ha- who you are, is the biggest thing, so that you can actually express that in the clearest and most profound way possible. Um, if I was to just keep looking at other people's work, I would probably get really sad about mine. And uh or or I'd look at a lot of people's work and then feel just like um feel amazing about myself in a bad way. <laughs> so um but no I mean I, I like looking at my peers' work and being inspired. But I think there there's a season for that. But I really think um where how photography is going to change for oneself in the biggest way is by
2: getting to know yourself more. And, um, that's no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And with you getting to know yourself more, if you want to put it that way, one thing that you don't appear to do is things like workshops and, uh, even presenting really like you're coming to Stockholm, which we're very happy about and i think that you presented a photo field trip as well but like on a whole you're you don't like strike me as the kind of guy who's like driven to host workshops and driven to be a presenter per se so is that am i correct in assuming that and if i am then why are you kind of like hesitant to do that sort of thing i think it kind of comes back to the self-critical
0: part of myself so i think like where i'm critical of my own work or I don't really put myself out there. I think it's the same sort of way, sort sort of thing with um, presenting or uh, um, workshops. I think workshops would be great, though. Like I could get all the renovations on my house done that I want. No, no, and I think I think there there will be a time and season. It has to be the right opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I still feel um, it, it's one of those interesting ones where it's often like if I don't have it all together. How can I teach people?
2: Don't you feel like you have it all together? No, not at all. (laughs) Do you
0: feel like you have it all together, Cole?
2: (laughs) No, this would be my answer. But no, like, like, artistically, come on, like, you must be, you're just being modest then if you don't feel like artistically you have it together in a way and have something that you could share. Because when I look at your work, it's, come on, like, and, and your philosophy on how you, get to that work like get to the end product it sounds like it's a well thought out process that people would be curious to learn more about i'm not trying to talk i'm not th-
0: th- thanks <laughs> thanks for inviting me <laughs> I'm not... no i mean I, I really i probably just need more encouragement in that way
2: um and i think it'd be healthy for me Ah, uh, interesting and so that's where i think it's it's healthy for me to go to Sweden. so so all right so let's kind of like wind things down slightly here uh yeah. Have you ever been to Sweden? Are you, what are you curious about with Sweden? Are you coming alone to Sweden? Are you bringing your families to Sweden? <laughs>
0: <laughs> as of right now, I'm coming alone. Um, I can't wait. I'm really, I've never been to Scandinavia. I've, I feel like I resonate as sort of being a nor of Northern European descent mm-hmm. to be,
2: have a Scandinavian influence. Um, like, okay. Another way that, uh, to ask this is like, do you do you go to a lot of like photo conventions and things like that, like WPPI, et cetera, et cetera? And when you go to those, like, what are you curious to get out of it as as an attendee versus now as a presenter?
0: I mean, I, when I've gone to like photo field trip
2: or WPI,
0: I mean, it's been about building real relationships. So it kind of goes back to the same thing, you know. And I think that's it's it's uh, as much as as much as there are these keynote um speakers or little little workshops uh for me it's always been about sort of like having breakfast with someone um having lunch with someone having a meal with someone going for a walk with someone um and really connecting on a heart
2: level um about photography and life okay so when you go as a presenter like (laughs) how do you like approach it differently like because you don't do a lot of these presentations uh and jacob and i knew that when we yeah, 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 yeah come so so what's your like f- what's your approach this time around like uh like have you started to thinking about it like what do you think you're going to leave on the table for the attendees who, who listen to you am i taught yeah i hope it'll be real um
0: and I, and I hope it'll allow allow them allow the attendees to to breathe easier um i think we can we can get really anxious about um making sure we have all the answers in the perfect picture. And I think there's a, there's a way there's a, a soul sustainable way of, of staying within staying within the, the wedding photography world. Um, that can be both like,
2: yeah, enriching on a professional level on a personal level. Well, I'm breathing easier after talking to you for 50 minutes here, Matt. <laughs> so, I hope so. No, that's a, like that. Your approach is different than anyone else that I know of in this industry that that's I think now I might have a little bit of a, a better understanding why now after talking with you for a little while.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just want to get to know Swedes. So, you know, I've been watching Wallander, um, <laughs>
2: both the British and the Swedish versions. That's the gateway to, to everything you need to know about Swedish culture. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sweden's a, a great place. You'll enjoy your time there. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that uh that about does our little chit chat here oh thanks for the morning but uh thanks thanks a lot for uh for taking time out of your morning to do this uh i know you got a lot going on with renovations and kids and everything else so thank you for this no thank you all right man well we'll be in touch on the line and uh (laughs) and take care
1: all right cheers dude all right bye-bye James Mose, such an interesting man. Although I look forward to hearing all of the speakers in October, I'm really curious about James' talk. Much because he's such a quiet character online, but at the same time one of the most brilliant artists out there. If you want to get in touch with us, you can, as usual, email us at info at wayupnorth.co or shoot us a message in any of the social media channels. You'll find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at wayupnorth2015. Thanks for listening and talk soon.